as we as we stand many of us as we are in this series on abiding I've been asking God, I know that there are some challenges. Anybody felt challenged over this word? Over the last several weeks, we've been dealing with this issue of abiding. this idea that we must stay in the place where God is. And the truth is when you encounter a passage like this, it causes us to evaluate our obedience to God's will. Truth is, I'm just glad he lets me get it right. That's the truth. We come to a message and we feel some type of way. Feel convicted. But God could simply leave us to our own devices. We could be lost without hope and without a savior. He could just leave us out there to fend for ourselves. But God loves us so much. He loves us so much that he corrects us. Y'all didn't hear that. He loves us so much that he corrects us. He pulls us. He pulls us. Elder Brittany just says, sometimes kicking and screaming. He snatches us into his will. Now maybe ain't none of y'all ever been snatched into his will. When you was trying to do your own thing. And the Lord said, get back over here. With this reality in view, this John 15 passage has challenged us. Last week, Overseer Daphne asked, did we die? In that word that she taught, she was challenging us to evaluate the state of our flesh. Oh. Some of you right now need to evaluate the state of your flesh. Then on Wednesday, my leading question was, what area needs to die in order 
for our fruit to live. What do you need to kill that's drowning out what needs to live? What weeds are in your spiritual garden that need to be plucked? Just because you have growth in your garden, that does not mean the things that are growing are fruitful. It's important that we realize that some of the things that we are failing at are a direct result of the things we won't change. I'm trying. Some of the stuff you like, why do I keep messing up? And God's question, because you won't change. In other words, it is not always that you're doing that wrong. But instead, it is something else that you're not doing at all. Sometimes your process is right, but it's what you're ignoring that is stopping the flow of God. Seeds were sown, seeds were watered, ground was cultivated. But you didn't remove the weeds. Watch. Hear me what I'm about to say. Sometimes, don't miss this point, it's not even the weeds in your bed that's killing your flower. That don't make no sense. Okay, I'll give you an example out of our own garden. We have raised flower boxes. We have one particular flower box that's against the fence. There are weeds coming from the fence. No weeds in the flower bed. Flower bed is producing just fine. But the weeds from the fence line Watch this. And the weeds on the fence line are not even on my property. This means that you can be in close proximity to a weed bearer. And the fact that they won't tend their weeds can kill your garden. And you sitting there frustrated. Matter of fact, going all in, looking at your garden, trying to change your garden when the problem is on somebody else's property. And instead of recognizing that I need to cut back or maybe put some space between me and the fence line. Ooh, the Holy Ghost in my neck. Watch this. 
Hey, glory. Okay, I'm about to show you. Watch that. I don't get it. What you mean? Hey, 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 hey. Watch this. Watch. Well, I ain't even got to my subject. Jesus. Watch. Watch this. Watch this. Watch, 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 watch. When you keep telling weed-bearing friends who have no will, desire, or fortitude to bear fruit on their own about the fruit that's in your garden. They're not interested in tending to their weeds because they recognize that their proximity to you will kill your fruit and therefore keep you on their level. Why in the world would I tend my garden? I was happier. Okay, y'all not in here. You think they want to keep looking into your yard and seeing a wonderfully producing garden? When they yard is dying? Absolutely not. So I refuse to tend my weeds. As a matter of fact, they're using their weeds as a barrier so they don't have to see your fruit. Uh-huh. So what area? Somebody should have heard that. What area do you need to kill? Well, Bishop, you didn't tell us. You know, you can't just up and move every time somebody is producing weeds. You can't, you can't move. It ain't easy to just move house like that. And we've been friends 30 years. Huh? We've been friends all this time. I can't just cut them off like that and you always telling us not to just cut people off. I'm about to show you what to do. Stop planting your fruit so close to their garden. I don't get it, make it practical. Stop telling them all your business. Put some space in between they weed and your fruit. Your whole life in shambles cause you talk too much. They ought to look over in your garden and go, what you growing? Nothing. <laughs> it should be so far away from their sight that the next time they see it, you've already harvested it. Stop showing them when you're in the growing phase. Surely don't tell them when you're in the sowing phase. Oh, that's going to mess with me today. Y'all think I'm make, making that up? The seed is the word. This is what the Bible say. And every time the word is sown, the enemy comes to rob that word of its sowing. Amen. So it's important that we realize some of the things that we're failing at are a direct result of the things we will not change.
So today, trying to make it, y'all. We'll take it further. We're going to utilize the same text. And we're going to do so utilizing this premise. The problem is the why. What do you mean, Bishop? It is not the what. It's the why. It is not the what. It's the why. Now, let's look at, let's look at this text again. John, we're going to look at verse 8 of chapter 15. John, verse 8 of chapter 15. When you get there, please say, I am there. The screens aren't there right now. They're very upset. There we are. They are now there. My father is glorified by this. Y'all see that? That you bear much fruit. Now pay attention here. My father is glorified how? Hmm? Can y'all see that? Oh, it's on now. <laughs> now, oh, this is going to be fun. Ha! Y'all in trouble. Deacon Sanders? Yeah. My father is glorified by this. What's the next word? You, watch this. What's that? Bear. Oh, the timing's off, but that's okay. Much fruit. And so prove to be what? Prove. Validate, prove to be my disciple. My father is glorified. He gets splendor when I bear fruit. When I bear how much fruit? God gets the glory, splendor, honor when we bear. The bearing is the proof. I said that Wednesday. The bearing is the proof. However, there's an issue that I want to speak more into. An issue that I want to deal with. Something that I'm sure some of you have dealt with. I'm working. Anybody ever experienced this? I'm working, but I'm not bearing. How many of you, show of hands, ever been here? I'm working but I'm not bearing. I'll give it to you another way. I'm serving in the church, but I'm not seeing any fruit. How about this? I'm serving diligently on my job, doing everything they ask me to do. 
I ain't seen a raise and I don't know how long. Got the same crazy boss I had. So I'm diligent, Lord. I'm on time. I don't cheat. I don't steal. Unlike my coworkers that seem to be getting advances, I don't see any fruit. How about this? I'm giving consistently. I give my money, my resources, giving my talents, I'm giving my gifts, and I see no fruit. I'm the first one in the offering line. First one. I'm diligent. I never give 9.5%. I'm 10% on the money. It ain't working. Or I'm serving my family, Bishop. Trying to be the best spouse I can. This ain't working. Trying to be the best parent I can. This ain't working. Trying to provide for my family. Doesn't seem to be appreciated. I go to work, come back, bring all my money. Nobody cares. I cook, I clean. Nobody cares. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. No fruit. Family still seems to be crazy. Marriage is still topsy-turvy. My kids still don't even want to talk to me. What's going on? I'm working, but I'm not bearing. Here's the thing, if you really want to look at it. Before we champion the what, we must evaluate the why. Somebody write that down. I'll leave it on the screen for a second. Before we champion the what, we must evaluate the why. I'll do it again. Before you come to me telling me how much you serve, why are you serving? Don't, hey. Before you make an appointment to sit down and tell me how much you're working that don't nobody recognize you for, why you're working. Before you come and you set up a meeting with your boss telling them how many hours of overtime you've worked, how hard you worked on the report, how much time you put in, why? Before you tell me to pull your giving records so I can see that you've been consistent in your 10%. Why? Before you set up a counseling meeting and you tell me, Pastor, I cook, I clean, why? Before you set up a meeting and you say, Bishop, I work every day and she don't seem to care. Why? I 
made sure his uniform was ironed and he didn't even say thank you. Why? I gave her my whole check. She act like I was supposed to. You were. Why? Why? Before you champion the what? Evaluate the why. Before you jump up and down and make a list of your self-serving, egotistical, hypocritical, self-motivated actions. I need you to do a self-interrogation on your why. Before you wave your finger and beat your own chest and get all on Facebook talking as a narcissist to a broken world, I need you to evaluate your why. Before you try to self-medicate your own low self-worth, self-esteem, and broken human nature by making someone feel bad about what you should have felt good about doing, why? It's a rough and transparent conversation this morning. that we all need to have with ourselves. I can smell the spirit of frustration in here. Literally as I'm here, I smell flesh. Because the flow of God is not, hear me, always being held up because of what you're not doing. Sometimes the flow of God is being held up because of why you're doing it. I'm going to say it again. I said the flow of God, ooh, I feel him rising, is not always being held up because of what you're not doing. Huh? I want to please God. I'm going to wash the dishes tonight. And I hope she sees it. You should have washed the dishes because they was dirty. I'm going to give. Matter of fact, I'm going to give 12% because I want somebody to see that I'm a giver. Hmm? So you wanted me to see it. That's fine. Watch this. I'm not the Lord of the harvest. So giving so that I can see does nothing for you and God. Sometimes it ain't because you're not a giver. It's because you're giving with a nasty heart. Sometimes it's not that you're a bad husband or a bad wife. It's that you're trying to be a good husband and a good wife to make your ex mad. Hopefully they can see I'm better off without them. So what? 
you gonna use the gift that God gave you as a pawn in your own self-absorbed dreams about getting back at your old stuff that God delivered you from that you should have been happy about you should be so busy trying to become one flesh with your precious gift that you ain't got time to be sitting up there flaunting in front of nobody else that's why some of your marriages is jacked up now You want to post pictures before you get down on your knees and pray. Sorry. That made me feel good. Hmm? You got a wonderful camera roll and a jacked up heart. Your social media feed looks like your marriage is great, but the devil knows it's vulnerable. I feel God. Y'all hear me? Your kid can't even remember the last time you had a conversation with them because you're busy posing them for the world to see instead of talking to them in the midst of this dark world. You got all you and your babies matching outfits, but y'all ain't got a matching praise. And we've allowed the darkness of this world to mess us up so much that we are championing having a conversation with our boys about police brutality when we ignored for years having a conversation with our boys about being God-led. So now, so now you want me to talk to my son about how to handle a police stop, but you didn't say nothing to me when somebody should have told me how to pray. Or we champion the what? I know flesh is agitated all over this room. Problem is the why. Here's a couple of questions I need you to ask yourself. I just got three. I've only been up here 30 minutes. That's it. Actually, 25. I've been timing it. I got 20 minutes left. Question number one. Question number one. This is between you and the Holy Ghost you say you have. Number one, is it pride or love? Am I doing it because I'm prideful? Or am I doing it because I love you? Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Is it pride? Huh? In that, in that pride, you know what you... See, pride... And arrogance are really different. Pride, listen, pride is actually silent when arrogance is actually loud. I'm coming to arrogance in a second. Pride doesn't want you to know what it doesn't know. Pride 
would, would rather go down with the ship than wave the white flag of surrender and say they need help. Pride will act as if it is an expert while on the inside recognizing that it knows very little. Pride can be next to help and not ask for help. Pride can be given an open door to help and not ask for help. Pride can complain openly about not having help whilst having help but not ask the help because it don't want the help to know that you don't know what you're talking about. Pride. Pride will go to the pawn shop before they ask their mama for five dollars. Pride. A co-signer would have got you a, a 5% loan, but your own credit got you a 55% loan, and you wanted to say you did it on your own, and so now all of a sudden you got your chest out, but that ain't, that ain't arrogance. That was pride. Pride. Pride will walk around telling everybody everything is fine. On the inside, knowing ain't nothing wrong, right? Pride. I heard that God. Pride don't need Halloween parties. Pride don't need costumes. Because pride in and of itself is a perpetual costume of your life. You wake up every day having to be somebody that you are not. Pride. Is it pride? Or is it love? Two. Number question number two. I'm trying to get to question number three. Two. Is it arrogance? Bishop, you already dealt with arrogance. No, I didn't. I dealt with pride. Arrogance. Arrogance, remember, is loud. Pride is silent. Arrogance is so busy flaunting that it don't appreciate. Arrogance runs around with the spirit of entitlement. Arrogance thinks it deserves the things of God. Arrogance won't tell everybody what it got. Arrogance wants to flaunt. Arrogance, arrogance, arrogance won't say it's about God. It has to be about them. Arrogance won't even tell you the whole story. Huh? 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 Truth is, you went down there to the thrift store, found you a great old deal. Huh? Found you a great deal. Huh? Somebody had left a nice vintage Louis Vuitton, never full. Huh? At the, it was nice. Left it. You happened to be in the right place at the right time. You picked that joke up. Huh? Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. You pulled it right out of that thrift store bag. You were still in your car. You got your cell phone out. Huh? Got your cell phone out. Held it up. Got it good. You found a stranger to take that picture. You got that joker positioned just right. You snapped the pic, caption said, flossing. 
caption said balling caption just leaving the Kenwood liar just had to run through the Eastern light work liar little light work little, little light work had to pick up a little something huh? needing a new bag for lunch lying what you should have said is look I done messed around and ran up on something hey girl Everybody come on out here. Don't know if it's anymore, but look here. This bag cost this much. I only paid $25. Come one, come all. I mean, tell them the whole address. I was at the Goodwill on the corner of. I, uh, I have a couple of things that I like. Very few things, a couple of collections that I have, and one of the things that I like is uh, pins. I like pins. People who are close to me know that I like pins. And so, I know it's a little strange, but I like to go to the pin show. Ohio has a pin show every year. It's in November, it's canceled, COVID. And so, I like to go to the, to the pin show. And so, my kids and I walked into the pin show about four years ago. And we walked into the pin show and they had a little raffle for a special pin. They got a little raffle. It was a handmade carbon fiber custom fountain pen. It's very nice. And we put our little name in there. And we wasn't in the pin show five minutes. And they called my number. <laughs> the guy at the booth where I was, he was like, you done came in here and won you a pen. Living right. That's what he said. <laughs> Every time somebody see me with that pen, I don't say, I had this custom carbon fiber pen commissioned just for me. See, that's arrogance. I don't say, look at what I was able to do, little light work, little something, something. Had a custom pen made. No, you know what I tell them? I won this pen. I don't even know how much it's worth, but I love it. This is great. I ain't gonna sit up there and tell somebody that I did it when it wasn't nothing but the favor of God. And you got to start telling everybody, look, my marriage was going downhill. It wasn't me, it was God. Look, my credit was crazy. It wasn't me, it was God. Tell the truth, maybe somebody could get free. It's them lies that got everybody on the wrong path. Huh? Huh? Some of y'all need to tell a young married couple, look, when you see the marriage you see right now, this ain't how it was. When you see us like holding hands and goo goo eye, wasn't always like that. This right here took work. If you want this, be willing to do that. Don't try to jump into bliss when you ain't been through the valley yet. Some of y'all want mountains without valleys. I hear God, okay. 
I got 11 minutes. Y'all play too much. You want mountains without valleys, but last I check, mountains don't go from mountain to mountain. It goes mountain, valley, mountain, valley, mountain, valley. That's why the Bible talks about faith to faith and glory to glory. That's why the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You want your marriage to be great? You want your children to be great? You want your career to be great? You want your health to be great? You want your favor to be great? You got to walk through some things. You got to be willing to go through a wilderness. You got to be willing to fight. It ain't worth the fight. Cool. So if you don't think it's worth the fight, never pray for the victory. Don't be asking God for victory when you don't want war. As a matter of fact, somebody said it like this. Why are you praying for miracles when you don't want something that's miracle worthy? Think about that for a minute. There's no such thing as in being in need of a miracle when the situation don't demand a miracle. So is it pride or love? Two, is it arrogance or love? Here's number three. Is it guilt? Go back and listen to Overseer Daphne. She talked about this, serving from guilt. I read your manuscript. It was good. Is it guilt or is it love? Let this one settle for just a second. I got nine minutes. I'm okay. Is it guilt? Settle with this one for a second. Is it guilt or is it love? Am I doing what I do because I feel guilty? Or am I doing what I do because I'm compelled by the love of God? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I was watching a movie. And it's a movie called The Two Popes. And in the movie... The gentleman says, listen to this, I serve the community. I'm right there with the people. When they need me, I'm there. I cook for them. I pray for them. I'm there for them. But then he said this very important thing, and it hit me hard. He said, but I do it as a penance. He said, my life was so bad. I made so many mistakes. I'm ministering to somebody now. I've done so much wrong. I feel so bad about my mistakes. But I feel obligated to do this because I did that. I'm not doing this because I'm in love with God. I'm doing this because I fear his response if I didn't do it. It's a penance. I feel bad. And I had to evaluate this thing. God, do I preach because I'm guilty? Do I teach because I'm guilty? Do I give because I'm guilty? Do I preach because I'm called? Do I teach because I'm called? Because see, when you do it because you're guilty, the devil always has an inroad to pull. 
You'll stand up to, to walk in the anointing of God and you won't be able to be strong because in your ear, right before you're about to minister to somebody's breakthrough, in your ear, the devil will say, you can't preach that, you can't teach that, you can't give that because you were them. But the truth is, when you recognize you were the one sinking, truth is, when you recognize you were the one who has made the mistake, you're able to preach it with more power because if God can bring you out, you got first hand information of just how good God is. I know there is somebody in here that has a first hand testimony. I'm talking about I got a first hand testimony. God, you did it for me and I ain't gonna let the devil steal my testimony. Oh no, 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 no. Yes, it was me. Yes, some of the stuff you heard, that was true. As a matter of fact, it's probably worse than the rumor but the reality is God snatched me out and I am better now than I was then and so I don't care what you think about me. If you sit down with me, I will tell you I was sinking. Keep word was keyword past tense deep in sin preach far from the peaceful shore it was me yeah everything you heard multiply it by 10 it was me everything they said it probably was it was me it was worse than they mentioned it is better than they said but God you gotta stand up Stand up. Stand up. You can't stand up guilty. Stand up strong. Stand up. Hey, I feel that. Don't stand up guilty. Stand up strong. Stand up victorious. Stand up as a winner. Come on now. Stand up. Quit pointing the finger at yourself and at others. Quit trying to look at somebody's yesterday for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Come on now. You got to stand up. I ain't gonna move out of guilt. You know, in this movie, when he said he moved out of guilt, the person he was talking to, he says, Oh, so you became someone you're not. In here, it's a bunch of people who have become someone you're not. All because you're guilty. You're robbing the world of who God called you to be. There's only one of you. There's only one of you. Don't try to be somebody else because that, that spot's already taken. There's only one of you. God needs you in your spot. He don't need another Robert Lyons. Spot's taken. He needs you to be who you are. I'm not saying my spot better, but my spot's mine. Somebody in here needs to say, listen, I'm not arrogant. I done got over the spirit of pride and I refuse to be guilty. But here's one thing I know. There is only one of me. And after God made me, he got rid of the mold. And so listen, you can be mad at me if you want to. You can talk about me behind my back if you want to. But no amount of talk, no amount of anger, no amount of ridicule, no amount of lies, no amount of strife is going to change who I am in God. If God be for me. You can't change who I am and go. The problem is the why. Problem is the why. Let me look at this scripture. 
Because some of you right now are like, ooh, my why is messed up. Look at this. He told this parable, Luke 18. Told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves. Ha! Ha! They trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. I rebuke that in this room. Trusted in themselves. I got this. That they were righteous. Viewed others with contempt. Look at this. Two men. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. Now, here's the thing. How many men was it? Watch it. How many men? Two men. I heard somebody say three. That's actually a good observation. How many temples was it? Huh? Two men. One temple. Listen. Two men. One temple. Ooh, I'm about to get caught right here. Two men. One temple. Somebody ain't caught it yet. Two men. One temple. If we go in to see the same God at the same place, what make you think that you got some special insight with God that I can't reach? Huh? My life might have been worse than yours at the beginning. But we're going to see the same guy. See, here's the problem. This is what I'm about to say. When we approach this text and we approach it through the lens that what God did was based upon who they were. As if God's power is contingent upon the brevity of someone's pain. In other words, oh man, that case, that might be a little bit too much for God. He's the same God. So watch this. One person will bring him a headache. The other person can bring him cancer. God don't flinch at either one. Try to teach y'all something about his character. Watch this. He is the Lord who heals. He's not the Lord who heals some. He's not the Lord who heals minor. He's the Lord who heals. So to him, the healer, there's no difference between toothache, 
stage four cancer. Healing belongs to God. So whatever you bring him, somebody caught it. Here's the thing. We give up before God does. Huh? God can't do this. God can't fix this. God is like, <laughs> I'm more upset with you because you think I can't. You can't. Is there anything too hard? Now I'll read this and then I'll break it down next week. The Pharisee stood. He's praying this to himself. God, I thank you. I'm not like other people. Oh, I love this passage so much. Swindlers, unjust, adulterers. Even like this dude over here, this tax collector, homeboy. That's how some of us are right there. Lord, I thank you I'm not like that. I thank you. I thank you I'm not like this person over here. My marriage better than theirs. My kids get better grades than they do. Huh? Look at, look at their outfit. My outfit on my kid better than their outfit on their kid. Poor thing, she's struggling. Look how, look how poor baby's struggling. Mm. They need to put some better clothes on that baby. Come on, you the Pharisee. I'm talking to you. She should do better with her hair. You the Pharisee. You the Pharisee. You the Pharisee. Because if you can see that better needs to be done, why don't you do something about it? And don't do nothing about it with a camera in your hand. Then don't come make an appointment with me talking about what you did for him. Oh, I said it. Bishop, I just wanted to let you know. I bought Sister So-and-So's baby. Have you been seeing her baby? Mm. I bought that baby some clothes. That don't make no sense. Don't make no sense how that baby look. It don't make no sense what you having this conversation with me neither. That don't make no sense either. Look at what he said. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes. I love it. Of all that I get. But the tax collector, I'm going to stop right here. Because I want to dig next week into how Jesus just eviscerates this dude. Because <laughs> Jesus is having none of this. <laughs> When I tell y'all Jesus has none of it. Because look what the tax collector said. Standing some distance away, he's even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Just so y'all can read it. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. That right there, rather than the other. With all, them, all that doing. Y'all didn't hear me. Yeah. The dude with all the doing yeah. left 
simply doing. His why was off. His why. That's the problem. So today, as you guys are here, I'm going to pray. I'm done. I'm only five minutes over my time. Only five minutes. See? Today, I need somebody to recognize I got to get my why together. I want everybody to evaluate in your private time with the Lord. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I want you to run every single action through the filter of why. All of them. All of it. I, ch I, I promise you it'll change your life. Huh? I'm hungry. I should go grab something to eat. Okay? That's a reality. I think I'll get McDonald's. Why? Because it ain't a healthy option. So don't go into your next doctor's appointment speaking in tongues. All laid out. Tell me, please, Jesus, break it, Jesus. Break, don't do that. Well, I'm going, I'm going to McDonald's because it's next door to my job. I'm about to help somebody. It's real close to where I work. Okay, it's real close. Okay. But you have food in your refrigerator that you left this morning. See, y'all don't like this practical talk. Y'all don't like, I'm trying to help somebody real good. So you left the food in your refrigerator because you don't have an organized morning. I ain't got that far yet. I'm coming to you. I see you over there, Brittany, coming down that street. Because, watch this, to command the morning, you must command the night. So now, huh, during your yearly checkup, you praying over high blood pressure. And you telling me the devil is busy. No. You don't put your clothes out at night. which would have allowed you to pack your lunch in the morning, which would have meant that when you was gonna get that greasy, fake chicken nuggets, that you could have had something from your house. Now, watch this, even your financial stewardship is under attack because you bought food that you wasted paid for food that is killing you and now all of a sudden it ain't that you can't bring your tithe it's that you spend your tithe on your own poor stewardship that is the word of the Lord I said the problem is the why You, it, 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 it ain't that your kid go to a bad school. It's that you're a disconnected parent. 
I'm as connected as I can be. I'm about to kill that lie right now. You posted 472,000 times on social media. You ain't had enough time to be connected to your kid. I looked at your feed. You had 2,200 live videos and 4 million posts. You posted your outfit, your shoes, your hair, your food, your co-workers, every car you saw and went live. Every time it was drama, you was at every march, every party, uh, commenting on everybody's status, and then you talking about why can't this kid get good grades? Cause you are not paying attention. All right. Even the little baby is devastated. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you and I'm through. Heads bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you praise. I give you honor. Help us to not just hear this word, but do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Clap those hands.